You're listening to You're United listening. Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. ProQ Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on this week's show, we welcome back the awesome Marcus from Country Woodsmoke. Hey Marcus, you alright? Hey, how's it going guys? Good, thanks. We've just been waiting for a while uh, to to get you on there. Uh, but I've been told yeah. there's a story attached to us, uh, to, attached to you being late. Yeah, sorry, I'm a, a little bit late here and uh, just rushed in, grabbed a beer. So uh, I've just had a really nice evening. Um, I've been, uh, what's the word? I've been barbecue and beer, uh, what's the word? Barbecue and beer um, matching, that's the word, matching. And, um, yeah, it's for an event uh, in a month's time at the Pig and Palette in Topsham. And we are doing a night of, I think there's five courses of uh, barbecue and beer matching with Powder Keg Brewery. So um, I, I, I've, been, uh, I've been trying a few of their beers recently and they're fantastic. And, um, yeah, we, we're... We're trying to tie tie in and do a few little events together. So the first one is um, barbecue and beer matching. So we have um, a very cool special guest who is um, a, a beer expert, and uh, he will be talking about the beers, and uh, we'll be looking at the food we're going to match it with. And I think the guys at the Pig and Palette, they've been doing a great job recently and they've absolutely smashed it with some of the food I've tasted this evening. So it's quite an exciting little event planned. I feel like that's and, one of those uh, job titles that like you you come out of school and uh, haven't really achieved much. You go to yeah. uni again, don't really achieve much and you sort of uh, come out the other end like, what do I want to do? Everyone's putting pressure on you and you turn around one day and say, I'm a beer expert, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know all yeah, of them. So I'm a beer. I'm a beer expert. I and, think that's like a fantastic yeah, and, job. And they've got me as somebody who can talk all day about barbecue. So uh, uh, it should be a fun, fun, entertaining evening. I've worked with the guys at the Pig and Palette to come up with a cracking menu, and um, yeah, and then I'm going to stand up and jabber for uh, ages about barbecue so i think it could be a really good evening yeah, it sounds sounds fantastic and the way that beers are going in in my opinion there's there's no reason why that you wouldn't have a, a beer menu or a sorry a like a beer flight a beer yeah. choice per dish menu because the way that beers have gone in recent years and the sort of craft breweries uh, are taking beers they can be so different 
and so interesting that they really can complement a dish in in different ways. So I really do find that that to be interesting, and I really don't see why more people aren't doing it. To be honest, no, I know it's it's not something I've seen so much of really. Um, I, no, I've seen a couple of places. Uh, I've seen a couple of places doing it, but not not as much as I thought that maybe people would would be doing it. Like uh, even in in menus, how they suggest a, a wine to go with a dish, I, I would I would expect. I would have expected like recently to see maybe more even just a suggestion of a, a particular beer with a dish, maybe. Exactly. And beer has, I mean, craft beer is, is taking off, you know, it's blowing up really. And it's going more culinary as well. So people automatically match wines with food, but it's not really been so much of a case that people have come to, to beer with a culinary sort of slant. So that's that's why I was quite excited um, to, to be um, doing a bit with uh, Powder Keg because they they are looking at it very much from a culinary slant, which is really yeah. interesting. And, and you know, I it's think a good Devon Brewery, which is good. And um, yeah, I've not tried any of their beers, and I, I look forward to trying some because I, I I can I can tell that they're obviously very nice. But I, I do think that uh, I don't know whether obviously my palate isn't really a trained palate with wine, but. I, I can really taste the difference in beers I feel a lot easier than I do with. I, I, I tend yeah. to, to uh, identify flavor notes in beers a lot easier than I do in wine. Uh, so I, I think personally, like for me, if I was to sit down and have a sort of wine taster menu that would go yeah. with a, a dinner menu, I, I would recognize the, uh, the links a lot easier than what I would with wine personally. So, so yeah, I, I think it resonates with me a bit more. Absolutely, and I think I think it goes so well together, you know, beer and barbecue. That I mean, so many people who I know, and since I've really sort of started getting into beer myself, proper proper, like beer, like the amount of people who've come out and sort of said, oh, um, you know, actually I'm into to beer as well. You know, a lot of people in the barbecue scene who say, oh, I'm into beer as well. It's quite it sort of blown me away really and uh, has surprised me you know yeah, yeah. Like say, we've, had, we've had john john from growstock done yeah. his beer book recently we organized q fest on a brewery we had brewing q yeah. on a brewery they do seem to go together perfectly don't they really <laughs> yeah I, I mean mr finch has got an awful lot to answer for really he's uh, he's re- having him on um on direct messenger as a help and advice advisor for for me and my little uh, brewing home brewing and beer journey has been uh, quite incredible really i'm very fortunate that that uh, he's he's happy to help me and advise me yeah. quite quite handy really he's Definitely. a top bloke i did i have tried the um powder keg stuff i think i got yeah. I, I really i've been trying to think where i tried it is that like the triple locks in exeter or something like that and i, I think i had it in there and it it was their like branding that really attracted me to it because I, I find with the craft beers like there's now so many out there and they are all so cool. But it's looking at the bottles is sometimes the kind of initial thing to lure you into these things of how cool does this bottle look? And they've really got their branding down to a T. I think I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was like a pale ale, pale ale beer that they did. That was a really good one and I really enjoyed it. It was nice. I'll tell you what, though, down down here in Devon, where we are, um, I don't know what it's like in Kuala Lumpur, but uh, um, down here in Devon, the, the craft scene, craft 
beer scene is still very much in its infancy, really. We're, we're used to sort of more traditional sort of brown ales and stuff as, as more of the scene and cider, whereas the, the craft beer scene down here is very much in its infancy. But you go up, up the road to Bristol and it's obviously a lot more established. But, but down here in Devon, we, uh, we take things a bit slower. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a lot of expertise, I think, and, and tradition with beer and cider in, in Devon and Cornwall. And I think that we are seeing uh, we are seeing it really coming through here as well, which is which is cool. And in, in Kuala Lumpur and in Southeast Asia, I think you would be really surprised, actually, at, at the amount of craft beer that's coming through. And yeah. it's, it's they've really caught the bug over here. And uh, there's a few, uh, sort of, I guess, a few, like, uh, of the crab brewers here or the sort of uh i don't know they call them like tap the, the tap houses here and you'll walk into a bar and there'll be like 100 taps on the wall with 100 different beers and stuff so so there really is some some cool places over here and it is really catching on so it'd be interesting and and some of the beers and stuff over here are really interesting yeah yeah and it's marrying up with a different you know different food as well you know the the spices and stuff of asia are you know, you want a different beer for that. You know, hotter climate, you want a different beer again. So yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating me at the moment. It's uh, as much as I love love barbecue, and barbecue is my passion. Beer seems to be uh, sort of catching up with it, really. So uh, <laughs> good, two good hobbies to have. Who who needs knitting and, uh, um, <laughs> and jumping jumping out of aeroplanes? I'll have the. Uh, you and beer any day <laughs> yeah that sounds good to me ben you you sort of put together for q fest uh last year a beer which in my opinion from the tap was i thought it was phenomenal i thought it was a really really good beer yeah and uh how, can you talk us through how you put that together yeah with a real expert brewer lewis <laughs> that we had on the podcast so it was yeah i think i work i worked obviously i don't make beer i've made i've made a couple of home brews but only from kits and stuff so i don't have the like, expertise that i need to do it but i knew the kind of flavor profile that i wanted and i've tried a lot of beers because i would like to say i'm a kind of professional beer person as well uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm a beer expert i've drank a lot of beer um, so I just I went back to Lewis and I was like, right, well I, I really like like these kind of notes in my beer. I really like the hops. I, I want it to be a real hoppy beer, and I wanted this, and and I want to get this thing that's different. I haven't seen an IPA with smoke in it before, so let's try smoking the hops. Can we smoke the wheat that goes in it? Like, what can we do to it? So it was a it was a real learning curve for all of us. You can't. With that sort of scale of thing, you can't just like knock up a couple bottles and see how it tastes. Like you do have to kind of commit to it and using like Lewis's expertise on like the amounts of different things is how we managed to achieve something which didn't just taste like water from an ashtray, which is what I was a little bit worried about. <laughs> um, oh, you, you smashed it. It was lovely. Yeah, it was, it, I was really happy with it. Like Dan said, on tap, it seemed, it seemed nicer, I think. But I also just think it was... It's just nicer served really cold. So whenever I gave any out to anyone, I always said, like, make sure you get this like ice cold before you drink it because it tastes really good ice cold out of a glass. Yeah. I think that was the issue is that out of the bowl, we never really had enough time to make it to the fridge. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that was probably the issue. Um, but we're, we're starting the, the next one's 
going to be brewed in about two weeks' time, ready for QFest this year. And we're going to change it up a little bit this year. So I'm going to. The I think the only negative feedback really was that it was like, wow, that is pretty smoky. So I'm going to try cranking back the smokiness of it, but I'm not going to change the amount of smoke I use. But we're just going to only smoke the hops this time and not smoke the wheat as well. So that we've got just one of the ingredients smoked instead of kind of all of them. <laughs> so you, you cold smoked, did you, the, the yeah. hops? Yeah, so and the... cold smoked the hops and the wheat um, yeah. using cherry wood in the Bradley smoker. Yeah. Um, but this year I've got the... I thought this would be a bit different. and I, I realise you guys can give me some advice here, but I think I already know the answer. I the one the one I thought I'd go for to add like another layer of depth to this whole equation was that we've got some of the Jim Beam oak biscuits so that it's going to be like a whiskey smoke hop so I've now can yeah. add I can add whiskey onto the bottle as well now <laughs> but but I'm thinking oak versus cherry oak's going to be more powerful smoke probably yeah so, it is so, yeah. so I'm thinking perhaps I do want to crank back on the time a bit as well with this. So yeah. maybe, maybe I, last time I think I did seven hours of cold smoke onto the hops. So I'm thinking this year maybe do more like five hours. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that it's... Sorry, go on. go on, Marcus. Go on, Marcus. Here's an alternative idea. Instead of um, smoking with the wood chips, how about putting them in the barrel when it when it ferments when the beer ferments because you get some amazing flavors i i see quite often guys add wood chips to yeah. to the barrel mm. and you get the flavor of the wood mm. yeah it's a good idea i'll speak to lewis about that to check their hygiene <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, it's sort of like when you you put like a, a rum or something in a barrel and you get like your oakia rums and stuff because they they take on the flavor of the barrel i mm. guess yeah uh, but i was gonna say i mean like it, it, I wouldn't say it's really time. I would just say that it's a different flavour. Like I would say that obviously uh, the 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 oak is is a str- is a stronger flavour. So I don't know whether like how much the time will be, will be different, and it's just sort of like the sweet notes and stuff will be gone. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be yeah. an interesting uh, change. Yeah, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So now's the time to say if you think we should do something different. <laughs> I would have thought the hops would take on less smoke than the malt because the malt's got like the fats and the protein and stuff that would take on the smoke more than the um, than the hops. I would yeah. have thought. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So I guess balance it out with that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. look to taste in it anyway. Really yeah. excited for Cupest. It sounds amazing this year. Yeah, we are really trying to level it up this year try and engage more and more people into it um getting stuff going like the we've got a, f- a few more traders and stuff that are going to be there this time the whole yeah. demo tent set up so that people like yourself marcus who have like a proper tent where you'll have a stage and you'll be able to present and might even have some big jazzy tv screens to show up close stuff and all that sort of thing so we're gonna like try that. and make it a bit more jazzy yeah bit more jazzy yeah super jazz yeah i mean last year it sort of had the feel of like uh 
I don't know, it wasn't obviously a festival, but uh, I would say it's a very small festival. It was more like a bunch of mates cooking in a field, really, in a competition, whereas this year we're, we're really leveling up. We still want the feel to be there, like uh, for it to feel like that, but at the same time there to be a lot of engagement for the people that are coming. There's loads of stuff going on. There's loads of activities for people to get involved in. So, so yeah, we're really looking forward to this year. You know me, I'll, I'll demo all day and, uh, and chat to people all day, so quite happy to do that. But it'd be nice to get some other people involved in, in that as well. And, you know, a bit of demoing from you boys as well. That'd be good. Yeah, we like to. If we can find the time to get up on the stage, you know us, we like to perform. So there we go. <laughs> if it's anything like last year, though, then I, I don't really see the, there being much time to breathe, unfortunately. No. I, I, had... I, saw, you, I saw you two stood around chatting with beers in your hands and, uh, yeah, a little bit of time like that. <laughs> yeah. Make a moment. <laughs> yeah, very little bit. I think that was probably like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, apart from when me and Dan, we we put ourselves down to judge a couple of rounds, but we just that that didn't happen because we were too busy. Until I found Dan sat at the judges' table, little, <laughs> little cheeky one. <laughs> yeah, the the chili cook-off. I managed to squeeze in there to uh, to judge that round. It was it was really good, really interesting. Something what, I never judged before. What I'm sure you'll find is you've got the experience of the first one under your belt now. You know a bit more what to expect, what uh, what things might go well and what might not go so well. So you can plan and it should be a lot smoother and a lot better. And, you know, it, it was amazing last year, but this year it's going to be epic, I think. Yeah, fingers crossed it should be. On, yeah. on the note of the demos, if any of the listeners feel like they would like to demo if they uh, get in contact with either me or ben or, or and let us know uh we can definitely think about what you'd like to uh demo and maybe get you involved it'd be really cool to have people part of the community up on the stage uh demoing for people so if you're listening and you have any good ideas or would like to try out a bit of demoing then get in touch with us and, and i'm sure we can find some space to get you in absolutely and i think i think if um people are worried about demoing or not sure or not confident then they can always be buddied up with somebody like myself maybe who can help them along and you know because de- demoing for the first time can feel a bit um a bit uh what's the word daunting uh, daunting that's the perfect word yeah so you know i i will happily stand and chat with somebody and help them out if they they get a bit stuck and you know i'd, I'd like to see more people demoing because we've got some some great skillful barbecuers in the UK and it's just getting out there and people really appreciate what, what they can learn from a demo. And I find that so often that, that, you know, the feedback you get from a demo is, wow, I've learned, really learned something here. And that, yeah. that's, that's very, um, that's very, uh, I've lost, lost my words tonight, my big words. Um, that's very rewarding <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. And I think there'd be so many good people out there uh for it so so yeah definitely if you're if it's something you've ever thought about doing get in touch and i'm sure we can uh we can get you involved yeah we've got i've come right i can run through the lineup a bit we haven't really announced it yet to anyone but i've got i'd go for a few of the names that we've got on the demo stage we've got um we've got steve williams from good game um we've got Mm -hmm. simon dyer we've got marcus himself who's chatting to us now we've got dr sweet smoke we've got Genevieve Taylor, we've got Sue Stoneman, John Gower, 
Turan and a couple of local like barbecue slash burger restaurants and people like that that are going to show us how to make some ultimate burgers. Uh, from That's cool. Meat, fi- meat, meat 59. That's a cracking lineup. There's really good people there. Yeah, sure. Be a good sounds one. good to me. Awesome. Right, so Marcus, can we have a quick update on the barbecue mag? Because I saw it came out last, was it last week now? Or was it the week before? Uh, Time uh, flies. Two, yeah, it's two, two weeks, weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, it's, it's just about to hit 5,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Um, it's, it's been going, so it's over two years now. It's been going, I think we're on issue number 10. Spring issues just come out, issue number ten, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it feels like we're in a bit of a groove. You know, you you guys have um, have been been part of the team now for a while, and you know we've got a nice steady team of people, and it's been been brilliant actually. The 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 content, I think we've got the the style of the magazine sort of set nicely now, and yeah, it's in a nice nice little groove really. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. That like they said real styles all come together nicely. There's a real I, I myself feel like looking for it has a real good mixture of like recipes and interviews, and I feel like you've got the balance going down really well with the magazine. It's really cool. There's one of the article that just caught my eye, and it's just reminded me that I was super jealous when I saw. Um, yourself and the guys from ProQ and Natalie from IOSHEN going to Hunter Gather Cook because me and Dan have wanted to go there for quite a long time now. And when I saw you were there, I was like, "What? Where was my invite? That got lost in the post." Have you have you had those guys on the 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 uh, podcast? We had Nick on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we had Nick on. Yeah, so it's great chatting to him, and and he said at the time that we should pop up and see him, but we just haven't really got around to doing it. So. But yeah, it's definitely jealous when I when I saw you were up there, and and uh, it just seems like such a great day to to go along to. I mean, for anyone who's interested in cooking over fire, I just imagine it to be an absolute uh, pleasure to be involved with. Uh, well, the guys up there are absolutely brilliant. You know, they 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 are they are stars. What they do, I, you know, it, I was so inspired by that day. You know, I I do a lot of cooking outdoors, but I just came away from that day just feeling massively inspired. You know, and, and I've always done a bit of game, but I just wanted to cook game on the fire, and um, it, it just re- yeah, it just really inspired me. Sort of, you know, it sounds a bit soft, but deep, quite deep down, you know. Yeah. And that that's that is, you know, as much as I love like the U.S. style barbecue, the ribs, brisket, and stuff like that. That actually, what we do in the U.K. is amazing, and what what those guys do with with you know venison and game butchery and and then cooking it over a live fire is what we've done really in the uk for you know since caveman times and it was brilliant it was so so inspiring yeah i mean for when people are often asked like, what is like british barbecue like where where is our direction what is our stamp yeah. i do quite often think of these guys and what they're doing and i do think that is very a very sort of traditional british sort of style of barbecue and and cooking that i think that more of us should be doing and delving into really yeah it's yes cross fertilizing the styles of traditional with the the new techniques that we're learning from the states 
the asado stuff we're learning from South America, all of those styles. I can see them all coming together in a big mixing pot at the moment. And we're, we're, we're building sort of our own new sort of style barbecue out of that mixing pot. And it's, it's massively inspiring at the moment. And just to, to see what people are creating, you know, people are looking East, you know, at, uh, you know, I see, uh, um nathan kung, kung fu barbecue what he's doing with some amazing oriental dishes cooked on the barbecue at the moment what yourself dan do, doing out there you know pick, picking up the styles out there and the flavors and you know it's just I, I don't know it's just there's so many possibilities firing off at the moment with how our barbecuing is developing and it's it, it's just buzzing it really is yeah i mean it the way that sort of instagram is as well and the way all these uh the world's a smaller place these days and we all we all eat and drink from around the world we all try thick dishes from around the world and <clears throat> and they all lead back to what our passion is which is cooking over fire in, in whatever way whether it's smoking grilling asado the chopper whatever way it is we all yeah. enjoy the one thing we all have in common is we enjoy cooking over fire so it's just bringing all of those elements together and and taking inspiration from all over the world and just yeah. just turning it into a dish of food really you know it's a real honor to be a part of that scene in the uk as it's developing and changing you know it's a real i don't know it just blows me away at the moment looking at it definitely so yeah, tell us a bit about uh, hunter gower cook like what the sort of stuff is i saw like big leaves of wild garlic and chili and stuff like that like what was the stuff that you got to did you do a lot of the cooking or were you just get into uh, it Enjoy yeah, the food. <laughs> so, so we, we we turned up there, and um, there was a, a lovely sort of brunch, hot coffee and brunch waiting for us, and it was a beautiful venison chili just to kickstart our sort of taste buds. And the way they cooked it and was spot on, and um, the presentation was was you know high end restaurant presentation, but in the middle of a forest in a treehouse, you know it was uh, <laughs> it was it was amazing really. The, I mean, a lot of the guys are uh, you know trained chefs and you know experts in in various fields and. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. And then um, we did a bit of uh, uh, venison butchery, which was, was really awesome. A um, guy called Ash did that, and he, he just shot a deer, and uh, we we, uh, we growlicked it, gutted it, and um, uh, and then sort of butchered it, skinned it, butchered it. And, and then the, the bits of that we used in – we had like a little competition cook-off, and we all were able to choose a bit of that venison that we wanted to cook in our little teams. Uh, we had to light our own fires, um, which... Oh, uh, they struggled with that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, uh, it, yeah, it's not, not easy. You know, you haven't got a luft lighter and you haven't got, a, um, you know, matches or anything. You, you, it's literally steel and a bit of wet, um, wet, wet sort of hay, really, and some twigs. That is funny in itself, though, the way things are going and how people become so reliant on things like uh, temperature probes and things yeah. like that and the flighters and, and, I mean, we sort of lose in touch of where things are going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. The technology is it's great, you know. I mean, I, I, love, I love my Luft lighters. I can, you know, light a lot of fires and it makes it easy, you know. Um, I, love, I love my Traeger that I can set it, but sometimes I want to go back as well to the the yeah. you know the the rest i haven't got always time to be like the romantic you know to go the romantic part to cook you know a nice and that's not like a nice bottle of wine and some candles that's 
like the 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 tradition you know i see like the asado sort of style as very romantic you know it's um it's how i'd want to cook all the time if i had time if i wasn't rushing around doing stuff and with my family and uh, yeah. and work and stuff you know and sometimes you have the choice to do that slow how you'd want to do the cook and other times you, you want to just set it and forget it and go off and do something else and come back to some nice food and that's the not nice thing about option you know having those options but uh yeah it's nice just to go back to real basics sometimes and fire pits or you know uh stone circles you know it's uh i remember that as one of my first articles in 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 the early one of the early magazines about just going back to basics sometimes and and actually realizing that it's just fire and meat and food and yeah and yeah and you can create some amazing stuff just with that i think I can't remember sure. if we've said about this before in the podcast, but I've definitely talked to you about it before. I think yeah. Dan is that like, it was a while ago now. But I was like ran out of firelighters and was like, oh well. When I was younger, we used to just screw up a a ball of newspaper and light that, and that would get the fire going. So I was like, oh, that's no worries. I just do that. But I just couldn't even get the newspaper to light. It's like, did they change newspaper? Does newspaper not really burn like it used to anymore, or what? Or am I just reading weird newspapers? some petrol on it up there and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I do I actually believe they, they have changed the the uh papers and the paper and stuff i think that they uh there is that anti-inflammatory stuff but on them now i believe yeah that's what i think it's actually like a rubbish thing to try and light a fire is a bit of newspaper kitchen roll bit of oil, bit of oil on there yeah Bad for ages. perfect whole, whole roll of blue roll yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about that night. Uh, who were we with? We were with. It was with um, Scott from Reds. Ah, uh, yes, the Reds Two Barbecue Crew, and uh, so we were sat down with five or six pitmasters and uh, three or four different barbecue teams, and uh, it was coming to the part of the night where it's getting a little bit cold, so we were going to light a fire. And uh, I know there had been a fair few beers consumed, but the lighting of the fire was pretty abysmal. It ended up a whole roll of blue roll being, uh, like the, the tissue roll, like the catering tissue roll being used to try and light this fire. It was hilarious. It didn't work. <laughs> it's, and it still didn't work, yeah. It just went out. <laughs> it was like, how many barbecues does it take to light a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah. just, we needed we needed a Luftlayer. Yeah, no electric in the field. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is like a great experience. Would you 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 definitely recommend? I still go and do that, then, Marcus. I I would. Yeah, go and go and see those guys. I mean, um, you know, we 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 cooked uh, all sorts of venison. I think it was a um, lovely. Uh, it was a cauliflower cheese and um, venison steaks that the the Pro Q boys did. Um, and uh, Team Io Shen. So um, yeah, they what did they do? They did uh, like beer can venison burgers, which were huge and immense. And uh, our guys, we did a um, did a venison picanha. So the top rump of the venison yeah. had lovely creamy fat, and um, we did that sort of picanha style. And my little influence was uh, I mixed some chim- I made some chimichurri, nasturtium mm-hmm. chimichurri, which I mixed with 
some of the uh, like the suet fat, and yes. um, I put when when the 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 picanha was resting, I put some of that on top, and um, and then a coal on top of that, and it sizzled and burnt and melted the um, melted the fat and um, gave a lovely sort of lovely uh, coating to it as a, cool. as a finishing. Sounds delicious. It, it looked cool. So yeah, it tasted really good. All of that. So. Nice, nice, very nice. Sounds like a great day. I'm very jealous, as I said. We've been yeah. wanting to do it for ages, so so it's great to see it in the magazine. Great to see it being put out there to everyone. Yeah, yeah, those those guys do a great job. They really do. Yeah, so I definitely recommend to anyone if you're not already subscribed, then where have you been? But get on there, subscribe to it. Where can people subscribe to the magazine, Marcus? Uh, UKBBQMag.com. And there's all the back issues on there for the last couple of years. So uh, loads of catching up if people haven't caught it already. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks a lot for your time, mate. The half an hour mark's whipped up on us really quickly. I'm sure there's loads more for us to talk about. Um, Yeah. But I'm going to call it a day and we'll catch up again soon if that's all right, mate. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Speak to you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Yes, Catch bye. you soon, mate. Bye. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.com.